What's good, Ninja Turtle fans? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Booyaka Show, a TMNT podcast. This is actually episode 14 of Booyaka Show, a TMNT podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, I am your host, Zach Norris. In today's episode, we are jumping back in to our breakdowns. We are going to be breaking down season one, episode six, titled Metalhead. Before we jump into the Metalhead breakdown, got a couple notes I want to talk about with you guys, a couple shout outs, because you guys know we always got to do some shout outs, and then we will jump into that breakdown slash review. But first things first, just want to talk about the last couple episodes we did. And by we, I mean me and a bunch of friends. As you guys heard, I had what I like to refer to as the Turtles Talk episodes where me and some buddies just sit around and talk about random turtle stuff. I had my brother Logan, my friends Robert and Jesse on. Those were fun episodes. Uh, Or excuse me, that was a fun episode to sit down with those guys. I hope you guys were entertained. It was entertaining to record at the very least. Um, And then the episode after that, I had my buddy TJ on there as we talked Super 7 Turtles, talked about that ultimate line that Super 7 is doing and the things that we were excited about, the things that we were potentially worried about, obviously more good than bad. Can't wait to see how Super 7 executes and what they pull off with those turtles. But yeah, thanks TJ for popping in on that episode. And thanks Jesse and Robert and Logan for popping in on the other episode. Hope you guys enjoy those. Uh, hope you guys enjoy listening to those as much as I enjoy making them and recording them. They're a little bit more fun and a little bit easier to edit than these breakdown episodes because I'm not cutting in sound bites and you know it's just kind of free form, free flowing, but kind of like I'm doing right now, which is why I'm not as uh, as sharp as I usually am. But those were two fun episodes. I hope you guys enjoyed them. You know, I'm uh, th- there's just always so much to talk about with turtles, and especially this year, it seems like we've you know, it's just been one thing after another for us turtle fans. And um, like I said, Super 7 Turtles, excited to see how those come out. I'm excited for the arcade NECA Turtles that are going to be out here in a bit. Those Batman TMNT Turtles that I talked about in the last episode, still just cannot, you know, cannot talk highly enough of those or can't talk enough about them. And, you know, like I said, more NECA Turtles are happening. I'm excited for this arcade one-up TMNT machine, although I probably won't be able to get it. Because three hundred and fifty or four hundred or four hundred and fifty dollars, whatever it's gonna be, that's a little bit much for me to be dropping right now pre wedding. Yes, that's right. I don't know if you guys have heard me uh talk about this before or how much I've actually talked about this on the show. But my fiance and I are finally getting married. We have been together for almost thirteen years. We have been engaged for almost five of those. And next year we will be getting married and I am super hyped, super excited. But as most of you guys know, for those of you that are married, you absolutely know. For some of you that are not married, this is probably not shocking to you, but weddings are expensive. Um and I don't even have a high maintenance, you know, needs the whole world thrown into this thing type of fiance. I'm actually very lucky. My fiance is super down to earth. She is super mellow. She's not a diva. She's not into the glitz and the glam. She's not into making this a show. She just wants to marry me. And she wants to have a wedding with friends and family. She, we're basically, we wanted to have a big party. But at the same time, I feel like we owe it to ourselves to have a big proper wedding. Cause like I said, we've been together for 13 years and I didn't want external factors like money and, 
you know, the social climate and, you know, things. I didn't, basically, we had these things that we were kind of throwing around about why we should or shouldn't have a wedding. And I was like, look, dude, here's, here's the beginning and end of it for me. If you want to get married, if you want to have a wedding, we're having a wedding. Boom, the end. Let's get it. So we're having a wedding. With that comes the idea that I need to buckle a little, uh, buckle down a little bit, excuse me, and tighten up financially. And in some ways, that is going to affect my turtle collecting. Probably not too much, because again, we're not having some big, crazy, flashy, over-the-top wedding. But still, even with the kind of more mellow wedding that we're having, things still get pricey. And me just dropping. 400 or 450 dollars even if i put it on a credit card it's just there's probably better things i could put that money towards right now so i will probably miss the arcade one-up machine when it initially drops maybe i'll be able to get one after the fact or maybe they won't be super limited and i'll just be able to grab one later on down the road but regardless i'm excited for that thing i'm excited for the fans who are going to get one or who want to get one i'm excited for y'all and i can't wait to see them all over instagram i'm probably going to shed tears of jealousy and maybe die a little inside but it'll all be worth it when i'm uh you know standing at the end of that aisle watching the woman of my dreams walk towards me and uh you know we do that whole thing besides that guys i uh hopefully here in another episode or two Uh, We'll be talking comics, maybe me and TJ, or maybe just me solo. There's been so much going on, Turtles comics-wise, and I've really wanted to sit down and and dig into these comics, but just haven't had a chance. So um, be be aware or be on the lookout for more recap episodes and probably a couple more comic episodes as we get closer to issue 100. As always, keep an ear out for just the Turtle Talks and interviews and stuff like that. I've got some guests that I'm hopefully going to have on here soon. Uh, here's looking at you, John Zelenak, AKA Sewerden. Going to get you on here sooner or later, buddy. Yeah, guys. So that's, that's about that in, in terms of random notes or random little things I wanted to touch on. Uh, like I said, I know this is our first breakdown in a while, probably, what has it been? Four or more episodes? Yeah, it's, it's been longer than that. Five episodes, I think, since we've talked about an episode of the 2012 Ninja Turtle show. So we are going to do that right here right now. But as you guys know, we start these episodes off, well, we kind of start most episodes off with shout outs. So with no further ado, we're going to jump into some shout outs. First and foremost, I want to give a shout out to Now or Never Comics and their owner, Aaron. Now or Never is where I grab my weekly comics And Aaron has quickly become a pal of mine as I've gone down there week after week buying Turtle Comics and other things like Silver Surfer Black, which is phenomenal. Uh, The House of X and Powers of X series, which I got into late, but they are phenomenal. And I'm also reading Absolute Carnage. There's a bunch of good comic books happening right now. Uh, Usagi Yojimbo. Shredder in Hell. So on and so forth. But um, that's where I'm grabbing my comics at now is Now or Never. And again... Aaron is great. The shop is great. Guys, I cannot speak highly enough of this shop. Like, not even trying to... Uh, Aaron, Aaron has gifted me a couple things here and there as we've gotten, you know, closer. But this is not a paid advertisement for now or never. But this, it's seriously the best shop in San Diego. 
it is easily the cleanest, the nicest, the most organized, the most well-lit, just the most uh, kind of welcoming comic shop that I've been into in a long time, maybe ever. It is not like a lot of comic shops I've been into in terms of just the atmosphere of the shop and then just the look of the shop. Aaron has a great spot downtown. I don't know how he pulled this off, but he has a phenomenal spot um, in terms of the brick and mortar actual like location. He's in a great spot. The place looks great. He's got this two-story kind of loft, open-aired, you know, vaulted ceiling, just beautiful storefront. And then he knew what he was working with and he didn't just throw some generic Ikea shelves in there and, you know, tape up some handwritten signs and say, hey, welcome to this comic shop. He went all out. There's little stickers and, you know, helpful little tips and tricks everywhere. And the sh- like I said, the shop is just organized great. It looks great. Again, I can't speak highly enough of it. He's got a great selection of comics, back issues, and new stuff. He's got a great selection of toys. I've got my eyes on a handful of turtles in there. I've got my eyes on a handful of transformers in there. Aaron is helping me get the new NECA turtles that are coming out. So just a a great shop with, again, a great atmosphere, a great crew. Aaron is in there seven days a week, busting his butt, trying to give San Diego the comic shop that it deserves. And I think he is doing a wonderful job. I cannot be more excited or more proud to support a shop like this and an owner like this. Aaron is also a hardcore kid. So we connect there. We're both straight edge. So we connect on that. So it's, it's really cool. Just kind of finding your people amongst finding your people. You know what I mean? I have a bunch of friends who are hardcore kids and I have some friends that are straight edge. I have some friends that are into comic books and toys. It's pretty rare that those things cross over, but That's happened and it's awesome. And Aaron, I appreciate you, bud. You run a great shop. If you guys are in San Diego, check out Now or Never Comics in downtown San Diego or go find them on Instagram at Now or Never Comics. That's N O W O R N E V E R C O M I C S on Instagram and I believe on Twitter as well. Check them out. Next up, as usual, got to shout out my dudes at Turtle Flakes. Their last few episodes have been really, really good, but something that really caught me lately and that I really appreciated was Rob went on Instagram and I believe Facebook and Twitter, and he announced that Turtle Flakes is taking some time off to recharge their batteries, focus on family, focus on other interests. And again, I really appreciated Rob doing that. I think it took a lot of uh, fortitude to do that. I think it took a little bit of bravery to do that because we live in a world that is, you know, driven by content nowadays. And a lot of people, probably, you know, myself to a certain extent on Instagram and through this podcast, and Rob and Josh through their podcast and their Instagram and Facebook and so on and so forth, you have people that get into the stuff you produce and they become fans of the stuff you produce. And then there kind of becomes an expectation that you need to keep producing. You know that that's all you do is produce content and people want it. And sure, there's a lot of realistic, you know, reasonable level-headed fans and people out there who are like, hey, these are normal dudes doing this stuff. They have families, they have lives, they have jobs, and they have other things that they do. They don't just want to come home every day and make a podcast. I wish that was the case. I wish I came home from working my nine to five job every day and was like, you know what? I want to record a podcast, 
But some days I come home and I don't want to do anything, just like the rest of you guys, right? So I really appreciated Rob kind of stepping forward and being like, hey guys, we've been doing this podcast for how many ever years now? We've been giving you Turtles content week in, week out with, you know, a couple breaks here and there, but they've been really consistent. That's one of the things that I always appreciated and respected about Turtle Flakes is how consistent they are. But there comes a time when you need to take some time to yourself and for your family and do some other things. You know, I love Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles are a huge part of my life, but I don't just love Ninja Turtles. You know what I'm saying? So, Rob, I appreciate and respect you, man. I hope you guys are well. Uh, Josh, what's up, dude? Can't wait to hear new episodes when y'all get back to them, but take your time. Get some rest. Get some relaxation. Enjoy yourselves, enjoy your family, live your life. Y'all deserve it. For everybody listening, if you're listening to me, you probably listen to Turtle Flakes, but if you're not, you can find Turtle Flakes almost anywhere you listen to podcasts, and you can find those guys on Instagram at turtle underscore flakes and over on Twitter at Turtle Flakes. Give them a follow. They definitely deserve it. Rob, Josh, can't wait to hear from y'all again, man. Take care. I would also like to shout out Turtle's Instagram powerhouse account, Ninja Toitles, and the solid dude behind it, Joey. You guys have heard me shout out Ninja Toitles before. Excuse me, saying Ninja Toitles fast gets me a little uh, rolled up. Joey and Ninja Toitles make great TMNT-themed pin stickers and more, while also running a crazy rad Turtles account on Instagram. They have over 30,000 followers. That melts my brain even thinking about it. You guys can find Joey and the Toitles account on IG at Ninja Toitles, that's N-I-N-J-A-T-O-I-T-L-E-S. Go give them a follow. Check out their website. You can hit that link in their bio. Takes you to their website. Check out the great stuff that they do. But yeah, give them a follow. Go check them out. Joey, what's up, dude? And then lastly, guys, I want to shout out some uh, other great dudes that I've connected with on Instagram. Their names are Anthony, Brendan, and KJ, a.k.a. Speed Force KJ. Not shouting them out just because they're IG buds, though. The first two are getting a shout out because they both left ratings and reviews for Booyaka Show on Apple Podcasts. They are the first two people since I've rebooted the pod. They're the first two people to leave a review. And I really, really, really appreciate that people take the time to listen to the show. But even more so that you guys will listen to the show and take uh, the time and energy to rate and review it. That really means a lot. Anthony, Brendan, thank you guys so much. Y'all can find Anthony on Instagram at TokapowerTMNT. You probably already follow him. He's got a great Turtles account. He posts, you know, he's got a great collection. Um, but that's at T-O-K-K-A underscore power underscore TMNT. And you can find Brendan on IG at TMNT Snaps. Again, you probably follow him also. But if y'all don't, make sure you follow Brendan and Anthony. And then lastly, I'm shouting out KJ because he is listening from all the way over in Kuwait while he is deployed over there. KJ is in the military, and as the son of an army vet, I appreciate our troops, I support our troops, I respect the work they do. Uh, so thank you for your service, KJ. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Uh, it's, it's crazy that, it's still really wild to me that people listen to this show that I make. Um, uh, I'm blessed, I'm grateful, I'm humbled, but then it's wild to hear that you know somebody while doing their job, uh, you know, doing a job like that, uh, over in a foreign country that they're listening to the pod and, you know, using it to get through their day. 
that is a whole other level of humbling. So thanks, KJ. Thanks for your service again, man. Take care over there and uh, get home safe. And yeah, guys, that is that for shout outs this episode. I know that was kind of a few more than usual, but the Turtles community is great. I've got great, I've made great friends. I've got great followers. I've got great listeners. I, I do this for me and I do this for y'all. So thanks so much. But with no further ado, let's talk about this episode of Turtles. All right, guys. Like I said, in today's episode of Booyaka Show, we are talking about season one, episode six called Metalhead. And man, did they cut right to the core with that title. Metalhead originally aired October 27th, 2012, and was written by Tom Alvarado. This episode was directed by Juan Mezaleon. So the episode gets started with the Turtles duking it out with the Krang in an unassuming warehouse building. The fight feels a little in the Krang's favor, but the boys are holding their own. That is, until the Krang busts out a new energy cannon that's really powerful. The, uh, the Turtles quickly become overwhelmed, and they have their shells against the wall, literally, and the show breaks into the intro. After the intro, we pick up where we left off with the Turtles seemingly out of options. They're surrounded by the Krang, but Leo thinks on his toes, all two of them, or three of them in this show, and he uses a shuriken to start up a forklift that saves the moment and the battle. This was some pretty next-level ninja stuff from Leo. As a Raph fan, I kind of begrudgingly give Leo props for doing cool stuff, but this was pretty ratty. Threw a ninja star, bounced it off a pole, bounced it off something else, hits a button on a forklift, and boom, drives a forklift into a gang of Krang and their big energy cannon, giving the turtles enough time to flee. It was pretty rad, but yeah, he's still Leo. Shout out Drew, because I know Leo is Drew's favorite turtle. Does anybody have any idea about who or what this is? This is me kind of taking shots at Leonardo. Anyways, guys, the turtles get out safely, thanks to Leonardo, and Donnie decides to hijack a beat-up Krangbot so he can learn more about their enemy. So we cut back over to the sewer lair, and the boys are enjoying their victory and chilling in the living room with April. Donnie is excitedly... Excuse me. Donnie is excitedly breaking down and working through his busted Krangbot when Splinter walks in with a new staff since Donnie's was destroyed in the fight with the Krang. Donnie complains to Splinter about having to use a bow staff, which he believes is antiquated and doesn't work well against their technologically advanced enemies. He and Splinter have a pretty funny exchange here, and I'll let y'all hear it. With all due respect, Sensei, I can't keep fighting alien technology with a six-foot staff. I was hoping to upgrade my weapon. Hmm, a seven-foot staff. Interesting. No, I meant using modern technology. Ah, a solar-powered staff. I'm serious, Sensei. I know, and yes, you may upgrade your weapon. That's totally unfair! You can't just say- Wait, did you say yes? Ninjas have improved their arsenal for centuries. We are masters of adaptation. That is great! Because with this technology, I will be invincible! What should I make? Electric size? Multi-shot shuriken? Plasma swords? Oh, I just gave myself goosebumps. You want to feel? Eh? Pass. But remember, technology is a means, not an end. It is you who must prevail in battle, not your weapon. 
combat is not a video game. That's it. I'll turn combat into a video game. Thanks, Sensei. And in that exchange, guys, is where we discover the plot and the plot issue with this episode. I'll explain why it's an issue later on, but Donnie takes his crank parts and goes off to upgrade his weapon. Here's a little note or side thought in their exchange. Does Splinter seem like he doesn't want to or won't let Donnie use a different weapon? Uh, He seems pretty set on Donnie using a bow staff. He says Donnie can upgrade it, even though we're about to find out he doesn't actually upgrade the staff. He makes something new entirely. But anyways, I just thought that Splinter's stance here was interesting because he seems pretty set on making Donnie use the staff. Kind of makes me wonder if Splinter knew uh, where this episode or where this plot was kind of going, where this, it's almost like he could not, not necessarily see the future a little bit, but it's almost like he could see the lesson that was forming here with his, with his smartest son or his most intelligent son. You know what I mean? It's almost like Splinter kind of knew there was something up and he was trying to teach Donnie a lesson from the jump. But it just kind of seemed interesting to me that Splinter's stance was, yo, you're stuck using this bow staff no matter what. All right, guys, back on track. A while later, Leo, Raph, Mikey, and April are hanging out, and April shows Raph and Leo a site where she keeps tabs on weird occurrences or events in the city. She shows the bros a video of a fire that shows a Krang droid emerging from the smoke of the fire that was set in this building. Leo says they should check it out later, and April asks, why not now? Leo explains that they can't go out in the daytime because they're walking, talking turtles. April decides she's going to go out on her own. Leo advises against it, but April checks him, and she heads out anyways. One of my favorite parts of the scene, and episode, is a little moment here where Raph calls Leo Leonardo. I don't think I've ever heard one of the brothers call him that, and I thought it was a pretty good name pun that Raph threw at him there. Also, I just love seeing the brothers hanging around the lair, playing video games, reading comics, just chilling, like being teenagers. It sells the idea that they are indeed teenagers. Because that's what teenagers do. All right, guys, we catch up with April above ground while she's following a Krangbot into a warehouse. I'm a little annoyed by this moment because she just fussed at Leo for not wanting to go out during the day, and it's nighttime. It's literally dark out. It's a little flaw, doesn't ruin anything, but they just had dialogue about the daytime and how it affects the turtles, you know, adventures and shenanigans. And then we catch up with April, and it's not daytime. I'm going to chalk that up to like a production thing where they probably didn't have the assets uh, designed for the city uh, having like a daytime setting uh, or lighting that, you know, reflected it being daytime, but it did bother me a little. Anyways, back down in the lair, Leo's watching Space Heroes and the other bros are chilling when we get Metalhead's boisterous introduction followed by two pretty great jokes. Check this out. Leo, it's for you. What is this thing? Gentlemen and Raphael, this is the future of ninjutsu. I always thought the future of ninjutsu would be taller. The little Leo and Raph jokes there totally got me. This show is funny. I almost forget sometimes how funny this show could be. Back in the Krang warehouse, guys, April is sneaking around trying to figure out what's up with her dad. 
She learns that the Krang plan to mutate a bunch of humans by putting unstable ooze in the water supply. She then bumps over a fire extinguisher and has to get her Metal Gear Solid on to avoid capture. She tricks a Krang, bashes him over the head with the pipe, and then knocks him out of a window. I do have a slight issue with this young, lanky, noodle-armed woman taking a crowbar and smashing a giant robot, not only like doing damage to this technical, technologically advanced robot, but sm- hitting him so hard it lifted him up off his feet through the air out a window. Like, do you guys realize how strong that makes April? Really strong. April then dips out of the warehouse, and we dip back to the lair where the boys are checking out Donnie's new assistant. Raf picks on Donnie for creating something to fight for him. Mikey names Metalhead because he's got a head of metal, and of course, Mikey named him, so of course his name is Metalhead. And uh, obviously, Metalhead is a recurring character throughout the entirety of the Ninja Turtles universe and tenure as characters. Also, of note, this is Metalhead's first appearance in this TMNT universe. Donnie decides to run a demo to shut his brothers up, and he uses Metalhead with resoundingly successful results. Splinter walks in, and Donnie asks if he can test Metalhead above ground. Splinter agrees, but says no combat. Donnie complies, agrees with Splinter, but then Raph calls him out, and Donnie reveals he definitely plans on using Metalhead in combat. Up on the streets, we catch up with Raph, Mikey, Leo, and an insanely non-ninja Metalhead as they make their way across the rooftops of NYC. Metalhead is loud. Too loud, for Leo's liking, in fact. The boys hear someone calling out and discover April below them in an alleyway. This scene also bugged me a bit, because April has a shell phone. So why didn't she just use that when she got out of the Krang warehouse? And did she hear the boys on the roof because of Metalhead? Or does she just always wander around yelling for them randomly? If there were a little dialogue where she comments on hearing all the noise, this would be fine. But her and the turtles bumping into each other like this felt a bit odd. It's like, it, it makes the, the section of New York City that they operate in feel really small. That April can just kind of wander around and randomly bump into the turtles at a moment's notice. Again, just, just one little thing about maybe April like calling the boys or the boys like tracking her shell phone or, you know, or her, or her hearing the noise from Metalhead it would have instantly eased my mind on that. But again, I found that part a little, uh, little funny. Minor complaint. After Donnie lands Metalhead in a dumpster, he then introduces his new invention to April by yelling at her and his brothers with Metalhead's megaphone accidentally. Michelangelo brings up the fact that he named Metalhead, but April has more important things on her mind. She reveals the Krang's plan to the turtles, and Leo is rightfully disturbed. Mikey isn't bothered, because if there's more mutants, then they can have more friends. Which is, uh, foreshadowing. Leo and the boys take off to stop the Krang, but Leo tells Donnie that Metalhead can't come because he's too clumsy and too loud. Donnie hangs back with April as his three brothers head off. We're then stuck with a super awkward scene where Donnie makes a dad joke so bad, I think it gave me shell shock. Oh, shell shock. We catch back up with Mikey, Raph, and Leo as they prepare to take on some Krang droids. The trio handles a handful of Krang really easily, but they kind of missed one that alerts the rest to their presence. Back up on the roof, Donnie continues to unimpress April as he gets caught staring at her and talking about how beautiful she is with Metalhead's microphone on. He tries to play it off, but fails, and we jump back down into the battle. The three brothers get trapped by the Krang, but Donnie jumps in to save them. 
He quickly dispatches the Krang using a laser gun and rocket hand he installed in Metalhead's arm. Metalhead is running the show until Donnie gets too trigger happy and blasts a pile of propane tanks. In the aftermath of the explosion, Metalhead's antenna is broken and Donnie loses control while someone else gains it. The Krang. A Krang brain climbs on top of Metalhead because Metalhead is using Krang tech to be operated. The Krang climbs on top, invades this technology, and uses Metalhead to turn on the turtles while Donnie panics back at the lair. Splinter, who we don't see enter the room, because he's a ninja, tells Donnie the time for games is over and Donnie realizes he needs to go help his brothers the old school way. As he heads out, Splinter stops him and throws him his staff. Donnie bows and takes off. Back at the warehouse, the turtles are up against the ropes, again. They try to take down Metalhead, but he's near indestructible and puts the brothers on their butts. There's a funny moment where Mikey tries to kick Metalhead in the crotch, which obviously doesn't work because he's a robot and he doesn't have genitals. And for two seconds, it seems like the writers are setting up a familiar Ninja Turtles gag. But they don't go for it. And it's actually the second time in this episode there's a chance for it, but they leave it alone. I'll talk about it in the afterthoughts and let you guys, uh, you know, stew on it until then and see if you know what I'm talking about. Anyways, the trio looks pretty down on their luck, but then Donnie busts in to save the day. He tells his brothers to handle the droids while he takes on the brainwashed metalhead. Brainwashed, get it? Because he's controlled by a crank. Yeah, I'll show myself out. That was, that was Michelangelo level dad joke there. Sorry, guys. Donnie goes at it with Metalhead until his staff gets destroyed again by some lasers. He then uses his wits to attract Metalhead's fire to a damaged beam that falls towards Metalhead. Donnie flips over him, avoiding laser fire, and as the beam comes crashing down, it lands on Metalhead and smashes him into the end of Donnie's broken staff, which impales Metalhead and shuts him down. The turtles celebrate Donnie's victory, but Raph doesn't let him forget that this was all his fault in the first place. And then back in the lair, Donnie sits alone, bummed out about his recent shortcomings. Splinter cheers him up with some wise words of acknowledgement and praise. What troubles you, Donatello? This was all my fault, Sensei. You are responsible, yes. Yeah. Responsible for destroying the mutagen? Responsible for saving the people of this city? Responsible for defeating advanced technology using only ingenuity, bravery, and the stick. Thanks, Sensei. Maybe you're right. I am. I guess with proper training, there's nothing better than a wooden stick. Except a laser-guided missile-launching wooden stick. Then, of course, Donnie busts out his latest staff upgrade, which has a rocket attached to it. Which, as he's trying to show off, he then accidentally fires. And... The end. All right, guys. Yeah, that was the end of the episode. Pretty, pretty quick, pretty easy notes on that one. This episode was really straightforward. It was a fun episode with a couple cool action scenes and quite a bit of character development for Donnie, which is cool. It's in a, cool in its own right, but also interesting because another episode coming up soon, literally the next episode, is another Donnie development episode. Not a complaint, just pointing that out. This episode is mostly fun although it does feel a bit like filler. There's not any big plot developments here outside of Donnie creating Metalhead and the Turtles learning that the Krang are working on finalizing a version of Ooze that's unstable right now. 
but that's not the big point of the episode. The big point is obviously Donnie finding a balance between pushing his limits as an inventor and learning to use what he's got, the things available to him, you know, being resourceful and just, you know, continuing to use the staff that he's mastered. He starts this episode out hating his staff because he feels outmatched, but through the problem he creates with Metalhead, he learns that it's not about the weapon, it's about how you use it. With that, there's a small issue here, though. This episode is about Donnie feeling quote-unquote useless in a fight because he only has his staff. That's the big, like, driving point of this, of this episode, right? But we've already seen Donnie use his modified staff with the pop-out blade in previous episodes. So that was the issue I was talking about earlier in this episode that is that, you know, his thing is, is I've got this wooden stick and this wooden stick doesn't work against these highly advanced enemies that we have because they're all made of metal and, you know, crazy foreign space materials that we don't know what they are. And I'm using a wooden stick, but we've already seen the answer to this problem is that he has a bow staff that has a pop out, you know, blade almost forming like a, a Naginata style, you know, kind of blade. And that's what he uses against the Krangbots. Uh, I believe even in the, the episode previous. So I'm not sure if it's a continuity error that the showrunners may have missed or if this episode maybe didn't air in the correct order. But Donnie's problem has essentially already been addressed because he uses the staff with the blade on it in episodes prior to this one. It, the episode right before it, uh, I think his name is Baxter Stockman, he uses the bow staff with the blade. Again, I, this isn't anything that ruins the episode or makes it like a bad episode, so to speak. It's just a little thing here that, again, guys, we're six episodes deep into this show, so maybe I'm being a little too hypercritical of it. It's at this time, it was a new show with a crew that was, you know, just getting their wits about them. And, you know, they, they put a lot of time and effort into making this thing look and feel a certain way. And so when it came down to getting episode plots in order and airing them in the right episode and so on and so forth, that might have just been something that they, you know, missed out on. They might have, you know, they were looking for an opportunity to debut Metalhead and a, a reason to have him show up and be involved in the show. And that obviously came through Donnie. And maybe somehow that just got, you know, a little mixed up, a little jumbled, which I want to say it's a small thing, but it's not really a small thing. But it's not a big thing either. Like I said, it doesn't ruin the episode or anything. It just kind of took me out of it because I was like, this quote-unquote problem isn't a problem. We've already, seen him, we've already seen him use something that is the answer to his problems, essentially. So I'm almost wondering if this episode should have been aired like two episodes prior, you know, maybe after, you know, the Raph, you know, the Turtle Temper episode would have maybe been a perfect spot for this one to be aired. But anyways, I'm, I'm harping on it way more than it needs to be harped on. I like this version of Metalhead. More thoughts, quick little segue here. Metalhead is a classic character from the OG TV show, the OG video games, OG toy line. If you're a Turtles fan, you know who Metalhead is. You've seen multiple different versions of him. Besides having the toy as a kid, Turtles in Time was probably my first introduction to him. And I loved the OG uh, Metalhead figure. Because he had the translucent, uh, excuse me, he had the translucent plastic for his quote-unquote brain and eyes that had the light piping effect. 
So when you hold him to the light, his eyes would appear to light up or glow. Just a super rad thing that you would see on old school toys was that light piping effect of using a transparent plastic that would kind of force, it would take in light in one area and force it to reflect into a different area. And you saw a really, really cool use of that in this metalhead figure that made his eyes look like they were lighting up or glowing without the use of electronics. Very cool effect, very cool figure. Uh, Metalhead's design here in this version actually harkens back to past versions with the mix of gray and green and yellow. His head shape is similar to past Metalhead interpretations, but one thing I think is new and really cool is that it appears Donnie used a manhole cover as Metalhead's rear shell. So it looks cool seeing the manhole serve another purpose for the turtles. You know, it adds that kind of lived in feeling to the world. When you see them recycle things, we obviously see Donnie use a bunch of stuff that they find above ground, in the sewers, garbage, so on and so forth. He's an inventor, he's resourceful, and it's not like they can just go to Best Buy or Walmart or Target and buy things and, you know, turn them into stuff. Obviously. So it, it just kind of adds to the mythos of these characters. Again, it adds to it really brings the world to life when you see them use the things around them and turn them into, you know, things that they can use. The Donnie and April stuff got a little awkward for me in this episode, but he's a teenager who has only ever seen one girl before, so I understand him being smitten. Donnie being so sprung on April was kind of the only thing that irked me early on in this series. When I when I first got into the show and first watched it, I was kind of like, uh, I don't, don't know if I... Don't know how I feel about seeing the turtles, like one of the turtles, have like an actual crush on April. Uh, maybe it's just because I'm more used to the version of April kind of having the the motherly vibes, and you know them them complimenting her or or you know making jokes here and there or comments here and there about how pretty she is or how attractive she is. That was always you know cool and funny to me. But one of the turtles actually being like you know like having feelings for April um, was different for me. It gets better as Donnie lightens up over time as the series evolves, you know, he kind of realizes that, you know, she doesn't like him that way and it's they're not going to evolve feelings like that or a relationship like that. So he he kind of brings reels that in a little bit. Um but he's crushing on her super hard in this first season. I'm not sure if anyone will remember back to the uh, TMNT 35 panel from a couple episodes again. But Ciro said that in his early pitch, each turtle would eventually have a crush on April for a different reason. That sounded kind of cool to me. Like, they're all teenagers who have never seen a girl before. Wouldn't they all be kind of sprung on her? That way, it just kind of seems like, you know, friends or brothers who develop these little mini crushes or different ways of appreciating and respecting April before cementing the idea that they're just good friends. Could have been cool. But it may have also ran into the conundrum of kind of putting the brothers at odds if they all have feelings for the same girl. That would have been lame. I I really, I didn't need to see any episodes of like the turtles fighting over who gets to quote unquote be April's boyfriend or something like that. Anyways, we got what we got and this April is really rad. There's some really funny moments in this episode, guys. The, uh, the lame Leonardo joke, the take me to your leader joke. Mikey saying clean their closets instead of clean their clocks when him and Raph and Leo are talking about beating up the Krang. I loved all that stuff. Really loved the bit when Splinter is giving Donnie a hard time about upgrading his staff. Always a pleasure to hear, you know, Splinter be this 
again, sensei and father, they, they do such a good job of balancing that and balancing how stern he is with his sons as a father and as a master, and then how loving and caring and fun he can be as a father and a sensei. I, I love stuff like that. The humor was just good in this episode, for sure. And that's about all I've got, Turtle fans. That is my thoughts on Season 1, Episode 6, titled Metalhead. I hope you guys enjoyed it the same as I did or more. As always, you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at ZosoTMNT. That is Z-O-S-O-T-M-N-T. You can find Booyaka Show on most major podcast listening destinations, places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. The Booyaka Show website is inching along day after day. Hopefully won't be too much longer on that. Yeah, guys, thanks again to everyone who listens, everyone who subscribed, follows, likes, rates, and reviews. Uh, means a lot to me. We're 14 episodes deep. I hope to keep chugging along here with these episodes. I know the first time, the, the first iteration of Booyaka Show didn't last that long. I'm hoping to beat that and then some with this iteration. I've set kind of a small term goal for myself is to like make it to 25 episodes. And then once I hit 25, I want to make it to 50 and so on and so forth. But little by little, day by day, week by week, we're going to give you guys some good Turtles content. You know, as long as I have these episodes to talk about and as long as there's cool turtle toys, you know, keeping everybody hyped and keeping everybody interested and Rise is chugging along and there's movies and so on and so forth, we'll always have turtle stuff to talk about. So that's my goal is to is to give you guys more Turtles content, to let you guys know how I feel. Do this podcast, like I said, do it for me, do it for my love of the Turtles, and then do it for you guys and the fans and the listeners. Again, appreciate every single one of you. Appreciate the time and energy you give to the show. Uh, thanks to my buds that I shouted out earlier in the episode, and thanks to dudes like John from Sewer Den, my homie Drew, the homies Robert and Jesse, my buddy Paul for the sweet intro, so many more. What up, Big Logue? Appreciate Everyone who shows some love, supports, encourages myself and Booyaka Show. Thank you guys so much. Catch me next time on the next episode of Booyaka Show, a TMNT podcast. I am out of here. Take care.